One of the things that intrigues me with, with pastors is the fact that for all of us when we began, we had no, no title, no position, no congregation, no, uh, no buildings, no system to operate within, but we had what we term as a divine call experience. We had an, an encounter with God himself where he called us into his service. That is what the Apostle Paul termed as part of the fivefold ministry gifting, which we are all anointed as believers by the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit of God dwells in all of us. Mm-hmm. And we all function under that supernatural empowerment of the Holy Spirit. But there is a definite distinction, a setting apart of those who have been divinely called and appointed of God in that fivefold ministry gifting that Ephesians refers to. Mm-hmm. Now, the intriguing thing is when we begin in this, we begin without any any system to operate in without any trappings. It's just us and God. We, we, we meet Jesus and he calls us and touches us. And it's irrefutable, undeniable, uh, unescapable. We, we just, we can't get away from that. So we are, we are thankfully and graciously pulled into that, that ministry of service Mm -hmm. to God Mm-hmm. not to people. And as we begin to move forward in ministry, right. we yes. seem to at times lose focus yes. on what the call is about mm-hmm. and move into the profession. That's good. So, Pastor That's Graham, yes, sir. You <laughs> lead us into that deep <laughs> waters. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, I um I appreciate the the platform on tonight. Um Lady Graham and I uh reminisced as you were talking and setting the tone as it relates to how when we first got started, it was us and God. And that's so, um, so true. Um, for we literally, um, began ministry here in the city of Greensboro, uh, after, uh, being on assignment by God to help another man in his vision. And, uh, and I think that that's, um, one of the platforms that God does a early test to see whether or not we were going to be faithful to what he called us to do. Um, it, it's important that um, we understand that we cannot be successful if we are not servants and have servant hearts. Um, one of the things that I, Lady Graham and I do remember very vividly is um, having to start in our own home. And and we we were... We didn't have uh, um, the congregation. We didn't have um, the large offerings. We didn't have the the servants or the adjutants or armor bearers. We didn't have uh, the intercessor prayer team. We were all of them, and God used that to create a spirit of humility. Absolutely. And and in in but I do agree with you when we first started getting. Actually, our first member it was because we was in the we was out in the highway and the hedges <laughs> doing ministry. Literally, absolutely. The first me- member that we 
God is still with us today, 22 years later. Wow. And uh, her her children are are with us. Her mother is with us. Her brother and sister are with us. And it was because of us getting, well, we did, let's be honest with you, the four walls was our house. (laughs) (laughs) House to house. Matter of fact, Acts 5.42, the word of the Lord says, day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching and proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Messiah. I think that's one of the things that uh, we tend to move away from with all these programs and these agendas, and we'll mess around and forget really what really matters the most. And my family, my wife was a praise leader. Um, my daughter, my old, at that time we had two daughters. She was a drummer. I played keys mm-hmm. and our congregation was our other baby who at the time she was about <laughs> six and she was sleep on the front row <laughs> between yes. two chairs. And yeah. so that was it. Wow. And so humility was a great part, but we get, we love God. You have to love God in order to do some of those those, those things. And so, absolutely. Um, when you opened up tonight and you talked about um, when the church first began, the Bible mm-hmm. said they went from house to house. Yes. Um, of course, they witnessed in the street. Right. Mm-hmm. They were bold about their witness. Yes, sir. Um, and so, house to house is where church was Mm -hmm. and in the street. And once they witnessed in the street, Mm -hmm. then the people would follow them to the house. Mm -hmm. And, um, but for us, like Bishop just, um, so eloquently shared and took me way back to that beginning. And you, as the called of God to this high calling, I would say yet lowly calling. Yes. (laughs) Um, it's a good description. It, it takes a lot of humility and mm-hmm. determination. Um, we met the saints that God had assigned to us mm-hmm. by going from door to door, yep. knocking on doors of people we did not know. We did wow. not know them. And then to bring them when we when we moved from my home, I want to rewind just a little bit. So when we um, started the church, we knew we had to do ministry. Like he said, it was just us and our two older daughters and a family who was homeless, and we had taken them into our home, mm-hmm. right? right? And so they were our our they weren't official members, but they were our kind of our start church because they just happened to be there. And when we had service in our home on Sunday morning, they just happened to be there. And they followed us to our first facility. And once they did that, they um, finally got a job in another town and they moved away and it was back to the four of us again. And uh, so we knew we had to do ministry. And so we listened out for the Lord and the Unction and directive we got was to get out there and knock on doors. Um, we would we called it the Saturday Soul Winning Club. So we would go out and we would knock on those doors. And we'd meet people, and we would ask them this very direct question: If you should die tonight, 
Are you 100% sure that you would wake up in heaven? And that was a kind of in your face kind of question. But during that time, we had the culture for that. Yes. Mm -hmm. It was a little more accepting. Culture has shifted some. Absolutely. (laughs) Really? Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. To a great degree. Um, So I am totally on board with the fact that we have to speak to the people. We've got to do it in church, out of church. And as one of our very good friends, who's a pastor, Pastor Kuntz said, in our marketplace, wherever you are, we have to be a witness. One of the things I have been sharing with our partners, we call partners, um, is that each of us have souls that are assigned to us. That's a good word. Each of us, mm-hmm. we have the responsibility uh, to bear the weight of ministry. He mm-hmm. does. Amen. I got his back. Praise the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> um, to bear the weight of the ministry. But each one of us who God has called, who has graciously called us to be his child and to be a part of his kingdom. Right. Surely he called you to win at least one soul. Mm-hmm. Come on. Mm -hmm. He didn't call us to save us and that's it. I'm not responsible for another soul in this entire world just to say, yes, the Mm -hmm. Bible says save yourself. Let me put that out there because anyone listening to this who knows the word of God would know that the scripture does say save yourself. Mm -hmm. But when we stand before the Lord, there is an offering that we need to have. And that is that I witnessed to sister a b c brother and and this little child and i told them about you lord and you know here they mm-hmm, are mm-hmm. that's sobering yes that's we we hear the term oftentimes in other settings each one reach one that that's for the church first so we do have to get out um, as you were speaking earlier, and, and I'm going to pause in just a second. Um, as pastors, and especially in the culture that we live in now, I think that we build this safe place with other pastors and people who understand our sacrifice, the call, um, the responsibility, sometimes lofty expectations of the church. And so we... We have our family, our sanctuary, where we have these people who've chosen to allow us to be their leaders. And then we have that little bit of outside group that become our friends, our confidants, the people that we can. And I believe that we start to get, we feel safe. If I can just preach the gospel and win souls to Christ, I'm good. I'm witnessing. People are getting saved. I'm good. I teach them. They teach the others. I'm good. But the most powerful time in our church, and I think Bishop Graham will agree, would be the days that we knocked on strangers' doors and brought souls into the kingdom. And um, we're not a mega church in numbers, um, but it's critical that we get out and talk to the people. That is good. The question, again, that um, you brought, and Lady Graham, as it's founded on, I think there's very 
needed in other arenas, like Tian says, um, what if we didn't have those churches and those four walls and that platform? Would we quit preaching? I believe a whole lot of folk would stop. But uh, you, you, you know the book, oh, Jeremiah says, you know, it, it became like fire shut up in his bones whenever he, he, he was trying to just give it up. I think that is the different maker. You know, when you have a call mm-hmm. and you want to walk worthy, Paul teaches over in Ephesians, he says, um, walk worthy. Uh, he said, I therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk worthy of the calling you have received. Then it goes on, he says, with humility. Mm-hmm. See, that's one of the problems that you see that's rising up in the day that we deal in. Where's the preacher that's got it going on as the world would have it? <laughs> and where is the humility that goes along with it? Um, you know, we can put on shows and concerts and God will never be in there, never breathe upon it. But where's the humility that when there is no building, there is no platform, that you still love God and you love his people enough to go out and share with them? I think relationship, Jesus did it. Jesus um, went, he didn't have a, he didn't even have the first um, disciple until he ran into John. And John, John says, you know what? He said, behold, the Lamb of God yeah. who take away the sins of the world. He says, I must decrease that he increase, go and follow him. And it was because of relationship that Philip spoke up uh, with Nathaniel. He said, come see such a man. <laughs> Wow. Who told me everything? And Nathan said, Can any, he said, Where are you from? He said, From Nazareth. He said, Can any good thing come out of Nazareth? <laughs> <laughs> and simply because of relationship, he said, Come and see. What, you know, that's, that, that not the, that's not the word that people are looking for today. Um, they're looking for, Oh, we got this big band, we got this. Uh, praise band and these worship leaders and we have this big building and we have all the lights and all and come, come, you know, and that's why they come but can you just come and see because he taken away the sins of, of, of the world the sins that would cause me to be separated from eternity and so that's what he did he came and he went but you have to have humility and then he goes on Paul says and gentleness and peace accepting one another here it is in love by loving kindness. We wow. teach it. We talk about it. But literally, when we get inside the four walls, now we get um, a little bit territorial if we're not careful. Yes. And this is mine, you know. Mess, oh, my God. To mess around and get some, some, some senior partners or members, you know, and then new people come in. I, I you know, kind of be a little scary because you know, this is my pew. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, I've right. been sitting here all this time. Don't, don't, don't you dare! <laughs> you know, they might not say it, but the way they interact by love and kindness. You know what? Go ahead. Have, have thank God right for you being here. Yes. But the thing we found out when we was leading people in the streets and going out in the highways and hedges, the thing we found out that when one soul come to Jesus, <laughs> it brings not only heaven throwing a party. Over one that came, but you feel like a mother who just pushed the baby out, mm-hmm. and your attitude becomes protective yes. 
like a she bear, yes, you know, whenever yes, somebody yes. coming against her, uh, your child, and you, you know, it's some stuff that rise up in it, and it, it's not all holy, but you know, when it rises up inside of you. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> You're like, leave that, that child, child alone. Right. She's just getting saved good. She don't know what to do, when to do, how to do. They will learn it by and by. But for right now, leave them alone. <laughs> so I think it's very important that we don't forget the pattern that John used and Jesus used because of the culture. Yes. And and it's easy to get caught up in to what everybody else is doing, but what did Jesus call you to do? This ministry. What yeah. did he call, f- for instance? Yeah. He he told us, you know, he gave us the name of our church. Mm. He told us New Covenant Christian Center. Right. It's the place where the power of God's love is healing the brokenhearted. Yes. And we're building big people yeah. to do big ministry. Yes, indeed. When we When we focus on that premise then that means that just as you said, Bishop, that when those babies start coming in, it's like a revival. Right. If you keep that revival going Absolutely. because you have the fresh newborn babies mm-hmm. and you have those who are going to be protective and right. then you have the older ones who are going to be training. So you have that, that Christian family environment in your church. That's going to go outside of the four walls. Mm-hmm. That that's going outside for walls, and uh, with us, with Bishop and I, we'll 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 do a lot of things that some people wouldn't do, because um, we it was us out there knocking on those doors at that time. Now right. we we have made some adjustments in the last several years. Um, some of the apartment complexes we used to go to back then, they would allow you to come and knock on the door, and now you you need a warm market. You know, right. I use that that term a, a lot. So hopefully someone knows someone that we can get into that house or get into that family or get into that whatever environment to bring people to Christ. But I do think that we have to be careful uh, not to get complacent. Right. That's it. I think that's probably the key term mm-hmm. for me because ministry begins in the power of the encounter with God and that divine call placed on our life, and as we we become trapped, so to speak, with position, with people, with some notion of prestige, mm-hmm. and then our facilities and our programs, mm-hmm. and all of that stuff is good. All I'm not good. certainly right. against that. Course, that is course. a benefit and a blessing that God has given mm-hmm. to us. Mm-hmm. But when that begins to replace the pure, raw power of God, then we begin to get in trouble, I think. That's good, sir. I think too many of us have become complacent mm-hmm. because we, we reach a point to where, well, finally now mm-hmm. I can just stop and let the people go do it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, I think that becomes a dangerous ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I have seen a lot of a, a lot of preachers over the years mm-hmm. that they will start a secular job taking mm-hmm. care of their family. They mm-hmm. they may not have a congregation or they may have a small congregation, mm-hmm. and you always seem to hear from them that I, I just can't wait until God blesses me mm-hmm. to go full time in the ministry. Oh. 
And I'm always skeptical in thinking, well, aren't you breathing today? Aren't you around people today? And you're not, you're, you're not ministering because you have a notion that ministry is inside the four walls of a designated facility. Right. That's good, sir. With the right kind of trappings mm. to make you feel like mm-hmm. you can perform. Yes. When real ministry, if That's we go back to that initial call, right, is that encounter with God Himself, mm. where like Jeremiah, <laughs> we leave that. And we can't keep it to ourselves. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wherever we go, something is going to happen where the power of God will mm-hmm. well up inside of us. Mm-hmm. God, there's a term that I like that we don't hear a lot, it seems like, today in our culture. But there are, I believe, divine appointments. Yes. You said each one of us have souls that God has committed us to. Yes. I believe that comes under that Absolutely. guideline of divine appointments mm-hmm. and and why are are we the ones that God put there? Because mm-hmm. it, it doesn't matter where we're at mm. or what environment we're in, mm-hmm. when the call of ministry comes up. That's good. God has a person, yes. a man, a woman on the scene mm-hmm. that should be able to step into that into that ministry. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And see God change lives. But we've become so focused on, I think, what I would term as artificial ministry. So we have lost the power of the Holy Spirit's ministry. If we're focused on artificial things, mm-hmm. manufactured things that we can produce, then I think we get in trouble. And we, we said earlier, this culture has shifted. Well, I think a great shift has been seeing a generation get tired mm. of a religious program. Mm-hmm. And, and quite honestly, most of us are very tired of a religious <laughs> program. If you've else. tasted of the raw power of God, right. nothing else has that satisfaction. <laughs> so this culture is longing for... A, I believe a genuine outpouring of God's presence that becomes real and effective in their lives, and we are hiding behind our manufactured systems of religion. Mm-hmm. So to begin breaking those, and, and I hope that there are ministers that have that divine call that we're speaking of that will hear this yes. and be shaken up a little bit, begin to question can I only do ministry in the manufactured setting? Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. Or am I ministering because God put me in this environment to let his spirit well up in me and explode? <laughs> because that's when real ministry happens. Yeah. You begin to say <laughs> things that you have not developed beforehand, right. Right. not a canned type of presentation, right. you began to speak out things prophetically right. that you don't even know, Absolutely, that you are, are speaking into people's lives because God knows, mm-hmm. and we become the vessel that he just works through. You mm-hmm. begin to feel something 
rising up inside of you that says there is power here, mm-hmm. not my power, but God's power. Absolutely. To, so what is the need? Let's, let's bind our faith together, our hearts together, and watch what God is about to do in mm-hmm. this setting. Right. Yes. That's, that's our roots. That's what we all come from. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yet our positions and our systems and even culture to some extent has pushed us into an artificial manufactured type of program mm-hmm. that this culture is rejecting. Wow. Yes, I agree. I was um, a couple of weeks ago, my pastor and mentor, he's a pastor, but also he's a musician and he was visiting here and we end up in YouTube watching because we like musicians, obviously. So I, we found out a couple of the ones that he likes that he always recommended. And I really didn't like them too much. But there's one of these guys that he's sitting on the couch only with his acoustic guitar, his voice, and he starts to sing one of the songs that he composed. And I was like, oh, my God, he's amazing. And I turned to <laughs> Roger and said, Roger, I didn't realize how good this, good this guy is. I think the production of his music has ruined his true essence because now that he's with acoustic and his voice only, I can understand how great it is. And so we started to go and watch on YouTube good. a lot of different singers with the piano, acoustic, just raw. Just a microphone, the guitar. We like that the term, don't we? We like yes. it. <laughs> we like it. And and, 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 and and that's what I realized, you know, when you are in that state, in that raw state, whether it is preaching the gospel, whether it's sharing in a relationship with somebody, you know, Christ, mm-hmm. Is that that's where you can truly see the essence of somebody? Mm-hmm. In for a musician will be the talent, but for a preacher or a believer, you can truly see the true anointing, the true essence, the love, the compassion, and sometimes the production that we have around us right. doesn't allow to tell what is what or who is who. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we have relied so much. And that production and the fanciness and the tricks that we have that the essence (laughs) of who we are and what we have to share is being lost in that Mm. process. So that was to me like, like that's the information that is changing my paradigm of not only music, but ministry. That's good. If, if I, if, if I want to talk to somebody one-on-one about the gospel, if God doesn't show up in that conversation, or if I want to lead worship to somebody, if I cannot, if I need to have an instrument to do it, then maybe, maybe I need to go back and with the Lord and ask, well, Lord, what are we doing here? Cause this is not really working. Wow. <laughs> so Bishop, a question that I would pose to you. Mm-hmm. If this has crippled us as spiritual leaders in our culture and in our society, mm-hmm. and we have allowed our trappings to become substitute mm-hmm. for presence and power mm-hmm. of the Spirit of God, then what have we denied the people following our leadership? Wow. If they are falling into programs mm-hmm. and organized ministry, mm-hmm. then how in the world are they going to learn how to contend right. if we hit the space in culture that we no longer have these mm-hmm. things to hold us up, to mm-hmm. sure us up? Mm-hmm. And they have to begin learning how to rely on presence and power. Wow. 
Well, you said the thing that hit my spirit when you said, what have we denied the people? Um, I feel as though when we are presenting the word to use earlier, artificial, okay? I looked at it. when It says artificial is to be made or produced by humans, beings. That's a little humanistic, isn't it? That's a little <laughs> Not human. very Christocentric. No. <laughs> <laughs> so goes with your question. What have we denied the people? Wow. We denied people original. Wow. It's a difference between artificial oh, ice cream and uh, when you have it originally made. It's I'm, I'm going to put a plug in for my favorite Come Homeland on. cream. Home, I want to say it. I want to say it, Wayne, but I'm so glad. This, yes, yes. Yeah, while artificial may um, hit the spot from the coolness of it, but the texture, mm. the flavor, mm. the quality, the, the quality of of the original oh, lasts longer. And what else do we need? That, I mean, when it comes to Christ, we need we need less artificial and more original mm. when it comes wow. to lasting and staying power. Absolutely. Because after, ain't nothing wrong with the bands and the music, but after the music stops, right? Mm-hmm. you better have some Jesus. And what are you going to have? If after they say amen and they depart, you still need to be connected to his spirit. Mm. After... You get by yourself, and you can have you and Jesus, the original Jesus. And in a time of trouble, I want to leave people with more of him and less of me. Why? Because as a result of it, now they turn to him. Because you've got to understand, the, 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 the enemy, I believe this is so, so, so powerful, that God uses the, the the demonic attacks that comes against he didn't send them he's not doing it to us but he uses those things that are not his will he says it's my will that you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers in the Lord but it's amazing how many bad things happen to good people but I believe God allows some of that, that stuff to happen to us. I, I say allow because he told, he, he, he told Satan, he said, you can't, you, he said, the reason you can't get the job is what you said out of your mouth. You, you said, I got him hedged in. And anytime God has us hedged in, the devil said he can't get to us. So if God, if now the devil is getting to us, it's because God has allowed it for a season to test us. I believe that what, we're, what, what, what we do is a major disservice when we don't teach people, hear that word again, the raw, <laughs> unadulterated word of God that will help them to stand, hear me, in the evil day. Because there's things that's going to come against us. So what happens is, how are we not preparing people when we water it down and it becomes artificial it becomes sweetened you know so to the point that they don't get the benefits of the original you understand what i'm saying so you say how how are they not affected uh, how we how are we not giving them what they need i believe that's the major aspect but then the the matthew 28 as it relates to 
some of the things that we talked about earlier, uh, 28, Jesus commanded a certain posture for every born-again believer. And he says in 1920, he said, go teach, baptize, disciple others. That's not a, that was not a request. <laughs> that was a, 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 a authentic, authoritative commission for all of us who love the Lord. If you love me, he said, then you would do what I say. Mm -hmm. Wow. My question is, what are we doing? <laughs> and why aren't we doing more of it from the pulpit, the leaders? Mm -hmm. we, I think what a, a lot of this is from lack of awareness. Sometimes we have to shake up. What Paul told Timothy, he said, stir up the gift that's within you. I'm not saying every born, believer, born again believer like us. We used to do certain things, but we are getting back. We are, we are fasting weekly now. We are, men are getting up at 6.30 in the morning and praying together on conference call on oh. third, Tuesday morning. On Thursday morning, the ladies are meeting on the conference call at 6.30 wow. in the morning. On Saturday morning, intercessory prayer, and once a month we're having morning glory corporately. And on Sunday morning, our leadership has to come together with me and Lady Graham. And we touch and agree for that service that day. And let me tell you something, Pastor Wayne. We seeing the enemy is upset because the stuff that's starting to happen is 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 it's not it's not unusual in the kingdom, but it's starting to be unusual to us because um, we're starting to see things that are rising up that, that was dormant. We've had trouble in the time past, and when those trouble rises, God is always uh, uh, lifting us up higher, and, and that's what we're starting to see, some things starting to happen. But even in the midst of trouble, we are experiencing a greater praise, greater authentic worship. Um, this past Sunday, I really didn't have to preach, but you know, I was a preacher. I was ready. <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw that in. <laughs> my, my, my daughter, Jocelyn, and uh, the praise team, they took it to this level right here. Oh, man. And it was really, really wonderful. But then my wife got up there and she took them all the way right to glory. To glory. <laughs> wow. And it was awesome to be right there. And because God came in. And, and you know when God comes in, you feel yeah. his anointing. People start to fall on the altar. People mm. bowing down. Nobody call altar call. This is what we need to have in our Churches. That's what you're talking about. Giving somebody, they need to see it. They need to feel it. They if need to if we it. don't begin to provide that environment, no matter where the setting is at, it doesn't really matter. Right. I uh, this week and uh, just in remembrance of 9/11 yes, and the yes. tragedy yes. that our country and the world faced and and literally changed the world yes. as we knew it. Yes. Prior to that. Um, all of us remember where we were when 9-11 we happened. Yes. Uh, I remember that evening calling a prayer meeting when I got, I was out of town. I came home. I called folks together and we met in the city of Greensboro 
on the corner of what was at that time High Point Road, which is now Gate City City Boulevard and Holden Road, Mm -hmm. where the new Walgreens Mm -hmm. drugstore is Mm -hmm. at. We had been given that parking lot 18 years ago, and we were holding Sunday morning services in that parking lot. (laughs) We would have fire trucks pull in Sunday mornings and cab drivers and police cars, and I would be out on the corner of that major intersection with our sound equipment and platform and all preaching. Our praise team would be on the platform singing, and we were just right. People would line up around the wall on that little mini strip center, shopping center, Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. Krispy Kreme across the street, and that was our congregation. Mm -hmm. Well, that night on 9-11, we had a prayer meeting in that same parking lot, Mm -hmm. and we had all kind of people showing up and weeping and praying because Mm -hmm. the church was outside of its four Mm -hmm. walls Mm -hmm. where the people are at, bringing Jesus to to where the needs are at. People were hurting, were were terrified because none of us could imagine what had happened nor what the future would now hold for us. So we needed to bring that that strength of the kingdom to where our society was at. And Mm -hmm. I think one of the things that we are missing in the shifting culture because Mm -hmm. culture does not respond like culture did at one time. That's exactly Exactly. right. So this shifting culture, I believe the, again, called and ordained of God ministries Mm -hmm. have to recognize they need something that is real. Mm -hmm. Not not just our genuine humanitarian type love. Yes, yes, yes. But rather our challenge is to bring heaven. Fire into this realm yes. where our needs are at. Yes, yes, yes. The, the supernatural identifies natural needs mm-hmm. that God's power supersedes. So we have the natural which God created and ordained, mm-hmm. but at times he needs to override those natural circumstances and situations by bringing his supernatural yes, power into yeah. our natural yes. struggles. Yes. Mm-hmm. When you're at the hospital and your loved one or you yourself is diagnosed with cancer, you don't care about the color of the carpet in Come the on, sanctuary. No, no. <laughs> when the bills are more than the income, when the marriage is in trouble, when the children are struggling, when when life is falling apart, and mm-hmm. that happens for good, God-loving people, yes. just like yes, it does right. the rest yes, of our society. Absolutely. At that point, none of us could care about our programs. Mm-hmm. So unless we begin to identify where this culture is at, and as ministers, we begin to get back to what is genuine and real. Mm-hmm. Because this artificial manufactured type ministry Mm -hmm. is not going to cut it for the generation that we're called to. That's exactly right. And no matter if you're still breathing, I don't care what generation we were a part of, Mm -hmm. 
We're called to this generation. Absolutely. Yes. God put us here at this time mm-hmm. of human history. Mm-hmm. Therefore, we are called to make our mark here, not the way we used to mm-hmm. make it, but we're called now to reach this society. I would submit that that is a mandate yes. to bring in the real presence and power mm-hmm. of God. Lady Graham. Amen. Um, powerful. I just think that this is a powerful conversation. Uh, two things came to my mind. You you mentioned earlier that maybe God will shake up the the preachers, pastors, bishops, apostles, um, that we would begin to understand um, the critical state that we're in. I thought about perhaps, and I peradventure God surely has already assigned this to some pastor's hands. Yes. All right. And what they have needed is for some other pastors to say, yes, this is what God is saying. It's okay You're not for you making to a mistake. Like exactly. That. You're not, it's not an error. We're saying that it's a need. God is calling it. If that fire is in your belly, it's time to go. Amen. Good now, word. not withstanding all of us have a work and an assignment mm-hmm. to i believe strongly to definitely hit hit the street you know speak up where we are and walk in such a power of the holy spirit that wherever we show up the fire shows up mm. amen the fire of the holy ghost shows up in such a way that those families and and, and people who are hurting will feel the God in us mm-hmm. and be either drawn to us or when God draws us to them, they're ready to receive. But um, I really, really strongly appreciate the opportunity to have this conversation. We are in a critical time um, and it's important that we are willing to make the necessary shift Correct. of what the Holy Ghost is saying for this I believe time. that there are just like in a virtual reality program, that there are triggers to the supernatural within us. Yes. Mm-hmm. Things that trigger the response of the Spirit of God. Because we are called to walk in the natural. We Absolutely. live our lives in the natural. Absolutely. We function in business. We function at work. We yes. function among our family, in school, in education, in, in all of society, in sports, yes. and recreation. There's all those activities and functions that... Mm-hmm. We're we're not some floating around spirit. No. We have lives, families, right. friends, enjoyment, things that we we have to be engaged with. But I think one of the key things that we're talking about is in the middle of our routine, mundane type of life, the things that we do day in and day out. Can we make space? for the triggers of the Holy Spirit to spark the supernatural Mm -hmm. inside of us that transitions from the natural thing that we're doing into now right here in front of us is a God moment that you referred Mm -hmm. to earlier. This is a divine appointment. This is is why I'm here, no matter where you're at. Uh, My family loves the beach. Mm -hmm. 
Yes. Maybe you love the mountains. Uh, right. Maybe maybe you like sports, or you're you're at the game, or you're you're engaged in whatever activity. God is not limited. He gave us this life. Uh-huh. Right. Yes. So these things are not wrong. They're right. natural. They're real. They're things that we engage in. Mm-hmm. But while engaged, do we have to continue to wait till Sunday morning to? Let God move. Or can there be triggers of the Holy Spirit that he has already built within us that that trigger can flip and hear God begins to move and speak through us? Yes, yes, yes. At work, at home, at at wherever, because God is everywhere. Absolutely. If I may add this one last story as you talk about um, being wherever we are. I was a a director, an administrator at a child care center um, years ago. And one of those teachers reached out to me today, oh uh, yesterday, excuse me, yesterday on 9-11. And she said to me in her message, you were there that day as a support to me in that critical time. Why? I, um, at the time she wasn't a, a Christian. She wasn't serving the Lord. And I, sent a message back to her saying we were there for each other on that early morning on 9-11. But more importantly, God was with us. And she just, she let me know she was, you know, really feeling the power of God sent me lots of love symbols. That same lady, if I rewind back before 9-11, she um, or after 9-11, excuse me, she came to me and she said, there is something in you, on you, something I can't even tell you. She said, but whatever it is, I want it. <laughs> I was standing in the kitchen that day because the cook was out. <laughs> and so the director has to cook when the cook's not there. And I turned and I looked at her and, and her words is something in you, on you. I want that. That was the trigger. I turned from washing the dishes or whatever I was doing. And I said, I'll tell you exactly what it is. And what I have, you can have. Mm -hmm. And it's called the Holy Ghost. (laughs) And we don't have to wait. If you want him, you can have him right now. And she began to cry. I led her to Christ that day Mm -hmm. in the kitchen at work. And she later came and joined our church for a while. And we served her for several years before she married a, a godly man and moved on to her next ministry. Um, often she'll reach back out and say, hey, you know, that 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 day that God put me in your school. So it's those types of things that you describe. If we'll just be willing to lay down our agenda for a minute, put the dishes down if necessary, they'll still be there. You know, turn off the stove. What do we need to do to just stop and say, hey, you can have Jesus and you can have him right here, right now. And then we can meet on church in church on Sunday. But, you know, um, I do my best ministry one on one. I tell people that all the time. I do my best preaching, my best evangelizing with one on one. I don't have to get in the pulpit. I was sent to the pulpit. <laughs> and that's why you are in the pulpit. <laughs> that's a good word. That's a good word. You know, y'all know she really wanted to say silver and gold, have I none. Uh, but such as I have, I give I have. Y'all know that's really what she wanted to do. 
Ha, 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 ha.